0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Roasted Games Podcast. I am Kaz Gable. And I'm Bill Price. And today we are sitting around chatting about um, everything but games actually. We doing a lot of movie talk right before we started and so, yeah. uh, but it's time to record, time to set our noses to the grindstone and get into it. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess we could just jump right into uh, what we've been playing lately or what we played recently.
1: Yeah, this should be an interesting segment. Um, yes,
0: we had somewhat of a tumultuous. <laughs> yes, place. we'll get into this. I actually yes. have some thoughts. I'm really excited to talk to you about.
1: I am. Um, well, let's let's first go with the the game that actually turned out really really well. I think everybody really liked. We did a four player game of a uh, new game that I got called uh, Victorian Masterminds. Yeah, and it's uh, so Antoine, Eric Lang and yeah Antoine, Antoine Bauza and um, and Eric Lang which, uh, you know, how can you go wrong with an Eric Lang game? Unless, (laughs) unless it's uh, the one Viking game, Uh, which was fine. It was fine. It's it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's not even worth bringing up, to be honest. Yes. Um, (laughs) Yes. So uh, it is basically to kind of set the scene, uh, and this is sort of from the description, uh, that Sherlock Holmes, who apparently was the ultimate crime fighter, (laughs) and who knew, uh, is dead. And that's right. Victorian England, and apparently he was the only thing standing between uh, all of these evil masterminds and their doomsday machines taking over London. <laughs> uh, in fact, all of Europe. So, but since he's gone, now all the masterminds are trying getting together and fighting each other over who can take over the world. Right, and they're all trying to build like these doomsday machines.
0: Yeah, these like steampunk like airships, kind of. Right, are yeah, they, they're all airships, yeah, like, right? One's, some kind? Like
1: one's an airship, one's like a. Like like a drilling machine and one's like a spider and one uh, one is something else Uh, but they're they're all kind of uh, they're all sort of taken from sort of uh, I guess they're all kind of tropes of doomsday machines yeah and uh, it's it's really neat everybody starts with a different one different blueprint different powers Uh, so it's it's asymmetrical that way but I I don't get the idea that any of the powers are overtly op at least not Not that I noticed. So, yeah, um, it didn't seem like it. Yeah. It seemed
0: like you have to, and we will probably talk about this in a second, but it did seem you have to play to the strengths of your airship or your vehicle, your creation, your doomsday device. It gave you an option. Yeah,
1: I think it pointed you in the right direction, but you could still do a million other things and just have this one thing that you sort of gave you a boost in one area. Yeah. Uh, So that was, yeah, I really like that. Uh, The components are really, really cool. They're these like... um, these discs that are uh, gears. Yeah. They're like um,
0: poker chips, but in the uh, like they have gear teeth around the perimeter of them. Yeah. So they feel heavy and satisfying because you're going to be playing these. This is how you determine what actions are going to do as you put one of these down and it's just felt like yeah, really satisfying Chunky to that.
1: like yeah. Reef or Splendor, like where it gives you that tactile feel, uh, which was really fun. Uh, the whole thing's kind of uh steampunk cartoonish almost. Um, and so it's got a real fun vibe to it. Uh, there's nothing, you know, innately like evil or totally <laughs> yeah, mean about cartoony, what you're playing. Yeah. yeah, you're not like slaughtering families or anything. You know, <laughs> well, now that you <laughs> mentioned all
0: the villains have the same basic plan, which is to, to steal... Um, basically, to steal the these monuments around Europe, pretty much, right? Because it's like the Eiffel Tower, the Roman Colosseum, yeah. and then a bunch of random like factories and stuff like that. So, apparently, within the logic of the game, the only thing stopping them until this point was Sherlock Holmes stopping them doing this yeah it's so it's so silly that they even bothered to mention him like he he, right any because he's not in the game he's not
1: in the game and i don't
0: remember him that being a big thing he was worried about is like
1: no and i don't remember him (laughs) dying in victorian england either like i think it was well after that wasn't it like wasn't he like late 1800s or early 1900s like i would he was yeah 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 Hmm. weird yeah anyway, anyway um yeah it uh and gameplay i thought was was really smooth once you got into it uh, the whole thing's massively overproduced. Yeah, the, uh, those monuments and buildings you're talking about that could have easily just been tokens. Yes, but instead they're like these giant miniatures that you're Huge, like, whoa, like yeah,
0: molded, detailed miniatures, way
1: miniature. bigger than they needed to be. But but uh, table presence. I mean, yeah. talk about. I don't. I'm not sure. I have a game that has kind of a bigger immediate table presence than, than that one. Yeah,
0: so, it's pretty cool. Uh, it looks I, fantastic. You know, it's like and. How, like how, was this game it was reasonably priced right it didn't seem like it was overpriced because yes. of the production value Forty nine ninety nine. yeah so like the, it is cool that they did that to a degree totally useless like you said it could have been chits or tokens but it is kind of fun when the, the concept is that they are running around stealing these buildings right. you can kind of airdrop and then take one over to your side there's a fun little satisfaction of that to yeah. like lift one like extract one from its country of origin and take it over and I
1: don't know if the the whole theming is that they're actually removing these or if they're like taking them over and you when you oh. No, when you part. have them, I just assume they're like removing, removing them. them. <laughs> it's like flying a helicopter. Which is also confusing. <laughs> that's so
0: much work for
1: what right, game? Right. For one, uh, and for a building, like what right, is that? Yeah. Dude, just blow the building up, right? Yeah, that's I mean, true. Yeah. yeah. Seriously, why yeah. do you even have to steal it? What do you, you bring it back to your hideout and do what? I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I didn't <laughs> think hey, through it. Hey, I got this building. <laughs> cool. And all
0: the workers inside.
1: <laughs> yeah. What do I that's do with, the yeah. they're, they're recruiting henchmen there. <laughs> what <laughs> do I do with these guys? Let's brainwash them. Yes. Um but uh, so gameplay pretty much goes that you you place these gears uh, face down and you have a stack of five and each each gear has a special power they're an agent of yours and you place them face down in one of the five cities and once and it just keeps going around the table everybody doing that and once one city has a stack of three or more so we uh, well it would never be more. So once the third uh, agent gets on there then you, take the stack you turn it upside down and you resolve the powers right and uh, in addition to that every city gives um, some kind of spoil so like you can get uh, like a bolt or a copper plate or a scientist or something to that effect and you use those things to um, either manipulate gameplay or to build your doomsday device, right? And the doomsday devices are like these. Uh, it's like seven or eight pieces, almost like puzzle pieces, that go onto the blueprint. And as you build them, you put them on your board, and you're basically building this puzzle. And once the puzzle's complete, uh, then there's another turn, and then the game's over, and you count out points. Uh, points are earned by completing certain sections of the doomsday doomsday device by um, stealing certain buildings that we were talking about. Um, and by accomplishing missions, because every city has these missions on them that one of your agents can uh, can resolve by by being on there. And uh, there's just the thing I really like about it uh, the most is that there are. It seems like there's ten different ways you can go.
0: Yeah. As yeah. far
1: as strategies go, uh, things that you can concentrate on, places you can but you you can't ignore everything because invariably right. you need at least a little bit of everything in order to accomplish anything. There's right. nothing you can do that you're like, I'm not gonna use copper plates at all. Right, right. I mean, you have to. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna use bolts, I'm not gonna use scientists. You, you kinda really need to incorporate all that stuff to get anything accomplished, but you can go heavy into certain areas and kinda the the order in which you play things um, and the order in which things get resolved. Mm-hmm. Uh, truth- yeah. Truthfully speaking, they, I think a couple of people got pretty stymied in the game where they were playing uh, they'd play down on an empty space and nobody else would play later. So they'd have that guy just sitting there for like five rounds.
0: Right. So you'd and, have to like do it yourself. You're like, well, I guess I'm going to devote two people yeah. to to like fire off that stack. potentially, Which,
1: which actually can be a pretty good strategy because if you can fire off two guys every couple of rounds... Then you can at least you're getting your guys back and you're recycling them in and out. Yeah. Because every time you play, but don't resolve anything, I think you're kind of wasting a turn. It feels like.
0: Feels like it. Yeah. Yeah. it Definitely feels like a waste of opportunity. Yeah. No. That's so. That's what I was doing towards the end. I I was trying to work out that sub engine of just being able to fire off and multiple guys on a turn. Um. But yeah, I love I loved that system of sort of the delayed reaction or delayed action there that you really don't know exactly how it's going to play out? Because did you mention the saboteur yet? about He's the no. wrench in the works of that system.
1: Yeah, he, he is. One of the agents, one of the five agents that you place uh, is called the saboteur, and when you flip him over, uh, when you flip the stack over, the agent immediately underneath him, their power gets cancelled out. They still get the spoil of the city, so it's not a wasted turn by by any stretch, but they can't fire off that special ability. Um, and
0: a lot of times you're banking on it. Like it it's pretty... Yeah the the powers are pretty most of them are really helpful there's one or two that you might not use that much or kind of throw away but for the most part you're probably you're counting planning on, on that, that yeah. working yeah. yeah and so when it when it happens i don't think like initially because it hit me a few times early game and i was kind of like oh that's frustrating but then but it doesn't destroy you but it didn't destroy me no. and and also it felt like those were just happened to be my odds for that game. I wasn't like throughout the whole game. I was constantly stymied by it. Right. Once I kind of knew he was out there and sort of try to gauge like, all right, now that I know you, now that I know you guys played that, how, how are people going to try to trick people now? And it's sort of this fun process of, risking that because that that one person like uh you talked about that one uh chit that were a token that was left out on a stack that no one else is building on i did that with my saboteur and i was like everyone's gonna definitely need this one but then he just sat there languishing for turn (laughs) just hanging out out hanging out and it was okay because i didn't really need him to fire off i just thought everyone else would want it but eventually i did need that action so i'm like god damn it and so i had to go (laughs) yeah and place on there just to fire it off but it was a fun structure of that of those actions that really didn't feel overpowered. So even though I really like that balancing yeah. possibility there,
1: and there were a few times where I was kind of down to my last guy, it was a saboteur, and I needed to just trigger off an, uh, a city. And I'm like, okay, well this isn't going to sabotage anybody because it's last on the stack. Right. Yeah. It's a total waste of the move, but I need that spoil. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think there's a lot of. Really interesting choices, and especially once you kind of unlock the power that you can go through your whole stack and choose which one instead of just, uh, we forgot to mention, you blindly choose the first, you know, the right. one to, yeah. to place. Yeah, um, that is a
0: good point. A big point to stress is that you're not choosing the action you're going to place. At the beginning of the game, you have agency to change this later on with certain powers to choose your action, but you are of your stack shuffling and then drawing the one at the top. You look at it, obviously, but then that's kind of determining your choice of where you put it on the action options to fire off on what you need or what risk you want to take with it. Like right. The one big one that I think is the the two that I think were the best were the double points of the spoil of the city or d- doubling the spoils of the city.
1: That's a great one.
0: And then the engineer for because the engineer fires off your ship ability. Right. And um, my strategy was to double down on my ship ability and just go full board towards that. So that one was really important for me. And I, I did get sabotaged once, but then I was very, very careful about where I put that one, and was overly safe, probably just to make sure it didn't yeah. fire off or get sabotage That the options were the uh, possibilities were lower.
1: And the, the doomsday, def- the doomsday machine power that that you have that the engineer triggers off. Um, I, I said that, but in the beginning they were asymmetric, but. Uh, uh, that they didn't seem like overpowered one way or the other. But I think you really kind of have to pay attention to it because, like, when Kevin was playing, um, he kept unlocking his extra abilities, but he couldn't do anything with them because yeah. his was limited in that um, he had to be able to take a building in order to uh, activate right. his power, his but he chain, couldn't. Yeah. Uh, so it, his was useless. Mine was one of those ones that just activated, uh, no matter what, I didn't have to meet any prereqs or anything. Yeah. And, and it was just constantly a benefit. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that you definitely need to pay attention. And I think had he paid attention earlier, he would have concentrated more on getting his firepower up so that he could yeah. take buildings, yeah. um, to take advantage of that. But as, as it stood, I think that that, uh, that's a Really, really impacted his his ability to progress. So yeah, you got to pay came... attention to everything. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now I don't consider this to be, and everything I've read, and, and it uh, this is not a complicated game.
0: No, not at all.
1: No. I would almost put this in the like gateway plus games. In yeah, I would agree. I could see that this is more complex than a um like a Ticket to Ride, mm-hmm. but. This is not Scythe, you know? No, This is not, you know, Dead of Winter. This isn't... This is a great, like, uh,
0: early game intro to someone who's enjoying the hobby and wants, like, something fun and unique and not hyper complicated, but does require some thought to it, for sure. There's definitely strategy you need to consider here.
1: Yeah, you've played some Splendor, you've played some Century Spice Road, now you're ready for Victorian Masterminds.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Because there's, like you said, you got you to gotta understand what you're playing to or what, you're, not necessarily, like you said, I don't think you have to play to your ship, but you have to understand what it's trying, where you're right. kind of acing the hole is with it. And Kevin did towards the end of the game or towards at least past the halfway point, he did going after it yeah. and made up a lot of ground, but it just wasn't the strategy that he was trying to do earlier. And so he kind of got yeah. in his way a bit and, there.
1: And I like the way that they, they laid it out too, because his power was really strong.
0: Yeah, Like yeah, yeah.
1: really strong, probably twice as strong as ours. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he really couldn't use it for a lot of the game really helped like bring it down to our level.
0: Sure, yeah, yeah. So
1: I think had he been able to just use it the entire time, he probably would have wiped the floor with us. Yeah,
0: I could see that. Yeah, because it would probably take a few turns, like maybe two or three to get it to the potential to be able to boost his attack. Because your attack ability, your firepower allow is what determines... Uh, if you can even take a building or not, because as you steal the Europe gets alarmed and then they create the security agencies raise their defenses. So you have to beat the defenses to steal a building. Um, and, uh, Which I
1: concentrated on firepower early. Like my first couple yeah. of moves were about getting that moved up really quickly. Cause yeah. I thought I've never played this before, but I thought that might be a key. It
0: seemed like that was a early big, on. And it, it definitely is. Like it's a very powerful thing um, to be part of your strategy too. Did and you
1: take it, any buildings?
0: No, I didn't take any. Well, because I kind of came late to the game, and I noticed that my one—I was one of my firepower. The you on your ship, you have two firepower sections, and one of mine was just one resource more than I think the other ship. So it, it seemed like mine was a little more expensive, and um, I just wanted to try to not do it. Um, and so,
1: well, I think you won, right?
0: Yeah, I did. I did end up winning it, and so which actually I thought was re- awesome. That made me really happy with this game because it does seem like firepower. Like it, if I played like it's not like I didn't want to play with firepower. I just saw that it was harder to get, and like one of the actions is just raising your firepower on the board. And so I kind of thought I was trying to thinking I was trying to think like, well, I need to do actions that I can fire off and not do things that other people are doing. So maybe I'll just try to avoid that for the beginning of the game and see how that works. And it just kept working. It seemed like there was a path I could follow with that. And so I really thought the game was well-designed in the fact that I could ignore that and still find an avenue to victory um, without it and have a fun game. Um, Next time, I'd really like to experiment with the firepower because it did look fun, but my ship just didn't seem like it was geared towards it. It seemed like it was pushing me in another direction.
1: Yeah, and every ship is very much the, the resources required to do the different sections seem really different yeah. based on kind of what the focus of that ship is so there's a lot of, a lot of good details in this but game. it was
0: really fun because i felt like i was using my ship for what it was like i just my focus was getting my ship action prepped getting it so i could you build two you have a basic action that happens already and then you have two supplemental actions that you have to build uh two separate parts on the ship to activate that so those are my priorities and then once i did that i could Chain link actions to flesh everything else out. So I just mm-hmm. really tried to focus on that, and that was still very fun. Like I didn't feel like the game was forcing me to do that. I, I definitely chose to go that direction, but it was yeah. really fun to play to the strengths of my ship.
1: Well, and your ship helped you with uh, with scientists. I got scientists, which which in turn I think allowed you to do a lot of uh, double the double placements. Projects, right? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah, exactly. They let projects, me. Uh, the, what are those called?
0: Uh, 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 missions.
1: Missions. I could. Yeah, yeah
0: one of them was <laughs> to snag a mission I could snag a mission on any location as long as I met the criteria that was some big and that was huge that was like end game once it got past the halfway point and I had those criteria met I was just every turn I was grabbing one like and yeah, so that I think was. I only did like two missions that's what got it for me to be honest but I, I
1: had a ton of buildings I only had like two missions um, and I was <clears throat> So yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting. I definitely want to get that one to the table again, uh, and that was Victorian yes. Mastermind. Highly recommend. Yes.
0: All right, then we jumped into <laughs> a contentious gaming experience. I'm I like I'm excited to get into this one because this one I afterwards I did so much reading and research on this game, um, trying to figure out like I just I was getting so frustrated with this game experience. And I've was, never
1: seen Kaz this mad at a game. I was so upset about it. Except for when he won Carpe Diem. That was the <laughs> right, only yeah, the last I'd time I'd I was so mad at a game was
0: Carpe Diem, and I definitely did not win this game. But um, this game is is interesting to me because it's interesting for a lot of reasons. And I was looking back and trying to figure out what was the holdup about it. And I think two things – I'm not saying this. I'm going to love this game, but I think two things – worked against Ragusa for me.
1: This is that the game is Ragusa. Oh, sorry, yes. But the that. game is
0: Ragusa. Um, who's that? Do you know the designer off the top
1: of your head? Um, I don't. Maybe we shouldn't say
0: his name because, no, I'm not going to slam this game. I just am going to mention my frustrations with the experience of playing after one play. Um,
1: okay. Um, I'm, I'm looking at... Uh, all right, right, so I'll mention... Now. I'll
0: start off the two things I think that... One is that Ragusa is a similar structure of type of game. It's a Euro game, which um, Victorian... Uh, Masterminds has got a lot of Euro elements to it as well. But it is a much looser... Euro- Victorian Masterminds... Basically what I'm saying is I think the order of games we played that night made me frustrated with the experience of Ragusa. Ragusa is a much tighter style Euro experience where there are, there's not as much flexibility in strategy. And y- coming from Victorian Masterminds, which is light, very open in strategy, and fast... This game felt like a huge slowdown and a mountain of rules, at least from my perspective, suddenly for this game. And I just get so, I got so frustrated because I kept running into rule restrictions. So my experience with it was, it felt claustrophobic and nitpicky. And I kept hitting these walls of like, well, I want to do this. Okay, you can do that, but here's a rule about why you can't do it to the extent you wish you could do it. And so I was getting really frustrated and, and, uh, I kept reading this after that, I went home and I was watching, I just was like, I was just curious. And so I went home and like this, it's interesting. Ragusa has got a 7.2 rating on BGG right now. (laughs) And so there is a fair amount of people that enjoy this game. I, from my experience was a little dumbfounded by that. I was surprised, but fair enough. You know, not a lot of times you have a play that just, you're just not in the mood, you're not ready for it or whatever. This was definitely my experience but there's a lot of people who really like this game and enjoyed it. So I was doing uh, a lot of research on it and, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I actually, well, I'll leave it there and I'm, I'll throw it back to you and yeah. have what your thoughts and experience were. Cause you were excited about this game for sure. I,
1: I was. And I, yeah. I, I played this game. a So this game plays solo. Um, I played by myself, but I played a three player game where I would just sit in the seats and went through. Yeah. And, um, kind of went into different strategies with all three players and see I, I kind of feel the exact kind of opposite of the way you did and that I felt like I feel like Ragusa has so so many different uh, ways that you can go sure as far as uh, strategies and everything go I feel like um, you it, it's almost daunting in that you can ignore there's like a hundred things that you can do or have you know pursue and you can ignore whole swaths of things and just go heavy after fish and you could go heavy after ships in the market you can go heavy after um cards you know from the the rectory guy um yeah whatever that one's yeah, yeah house of the rector's house <laughs> or rectum rectum the rectum oh rectum yeah, house? Yeah, it was the rectum house. yeah that's what we are calling um, it. anyway uh <laughs> yeah, so sorry. but uh you could you could go heavy after silver you could go heavy after um kind of balancing each of the uh the different commodities so that at the end uh if you have a bunch of houses built next to the cathedral you can start getting sets and that's like uh, like tons and tons of points and you could just no matter where you go or what you do in this you'll never be able to do all the stuff that you want to sure yeah so so i i felt like it was uh whereas victorian masterminds i felt like was was very um there's there's a handful of things you can go after and handful of strategies um but it's not overwhelming. Oh yeah, no, it's much simpler uh, of a game, for sure. Yeah, and yeah. uh but I really, really enjoyed uh this this game a lot, Ragusa. I um, I agree, it it is very, very Euro in that there's really no theme. This could have been Anything. This could have been an alien world. This could have been on a spaceship. It, this could have been anything. Um, it kind of makes sense, though, with the theme. I mean, I don't think the theme's bad. I think the theme no, makes sense. Like, but, it, but the theme's non-existent, which is, I think, why Jeff enjoyed it. Because he actually yeah. did. Um, but I think there are, in, in very, uh, very Euro style, there are a lot of things that are meant less to be thematic mm-hmm. and more to purposely be... Limiting, and I think the yeah. euro games on purpose make these these choices more difficult. Mm-hmm. In that you can go that way, but you have to make sure that you keep this this and this in mind when you do. Yeah, because these are all limiting factors, and euro games as a, a as a whole tend to be more punishing. Whereas yeah, yeah. other non-euro games tend to reward you a lot for all these things. And, and I think, uh, and I'm not 100% sure that we played the wall rules entirely correctly. It was I think a big hang up for we me. We were close. The niggling wall rules. The, um, um. the, the big wall rule that, uh, is, that we really got into it about <laughs> is um, when you build a wall, you activate a power to build a wall, if you build it next to one of your cities... Uh, you get a point for the wall and a point for any cities touching that section of wall. As a bonus, is basically what it is. Mm-hmm. And but when you have wall sections and you build a house in between the wall sections, you don't get anything immediately for it, but it still scores at end game because walls not only score the the initial bonus, but they're also an end game scoring mechanism. So I I feel like they probably did that because if you were to Do it the other way, walls would just be so overwhelmingly powerful that nobody would go after anything else. And there's only so many walls in the game, there's only so many sections. And if somebody happened to hit it really quick, they'd win that game every time. And I'm guessing that came up in playtesting because uh, this game is exceptionally well balanced. So explain the towers then, because that's the wrench that kept okay. throwing
0: in the to towers, the wall system. Right.
1: So the tower, you build a tower. There's, there's several
0: things that force you to engage with walls. Right. So I don't. I kind of disagree with you on the you just said. But explain the towers and in, how they integrate.
1: Anywhere the walls uh, meet, where a city would be, there's a uh, there's a, a plus basically, which allows you to place a house and a tower over top of it. The it's it's essentially the same as. Um, in ticket to ride having two train spots mm-hmm. there's a spot for one thing and there's a spot for another thing when both things when both tracks are filled that spot is blocked off And in this case when a tower is built there's still room for a house but when the house is built under the tower or the tower is built over a house then that whole that section right there, Blocks off, Mm -hmm. but both players say, "I'm building a tower over your house." Both players would get credit in in in-game scoring for that wall. So it's basically kind of a way to prevent somebody from dominating a long wall, because you can say, "Oh, well, I can build towers over top of your houses and still get credit for some of that wall." Yeah, and so, so I kind of like the idea that it's not once I place a piece, you're totally fucked. Right. So I understand why they. I like that they
0: did that. The mechanics of that a lot, actually. Um placing the guard towers of the wall. So here's my complaint about it. And once again, this is my experience. I am not saying this is a bad game. I'm saying from my player experience and the type of games that I enjoy, I got frustrated. And why I get frustrated is, you know, kind of double, say, repeating that point that you said a lot of euro games, they are less forgiving and they have a lot more rules. And a lot of times when I play Euro games, Um, I envision just German designers cackling and high-fiving in a room about the cleverness of their rules, just loving themselves so much. And that's fair. There's a lot of clever rules. But I also feel they can get out of control with the cleverness of their own rules because there's so many of them, if this, then that structure, that comes into play. And what this felt like to me is a game where the math is amazingly solid in this game. I agree with you. There's a lot of avenues to success and a lot of avenues through gameplay to um, uh, to explore, but those corridors felt really tight to me, and it felt the rules were so much determined about restricting things you could do than ex- exploring things you could do. At least that's how I felt. And so when, I, especially with this wall, the wall system was just frustrating. Like it reminded me of two other. Very, uh, two other games, which are high heavier elements, uh, Concordia and Raiders of the North Sea. So Raiders in the fact that you can, uh, start in one area of the board. And then once you're ready, you jump to the next stage. That's kind of how Raguse is. You start in the outskirts of the city and you get base materials to be able to build within the city walls. And when you jump to the city walls, sort of up to you, you can hang out there longer and build up or jump in earlier and try to get, be the first to state claims on action spots. Um, and then uh, Concordia in the sense that it has uh, well, these action spots, these places where you place on um, these hexes, they fire off actions for everyone else as well as you. So it's a co-benefit thing. But, and maybe that's why I was struggling because I was seeing this game through the viewpoint of those games. And Concordia, yes, it's a pretty Euro-y game, but there are these big moves and windfall actions you do in Concordia. It is, It's one of the reasons why it's one of my favorite, if not my favorite game, is that it, feels so exciting to do the actions. And here I would do an action and then almost every time I'd be disappointed at the result, either if it's, um, the market where I can only sell one thing at a time, I had 12 barrels of wine and this is my misunderstanding for sure, but I had 12 barrels of wine and I'm like, my plan was I'm going to go to the market cause this is kind of the only strategy that's working for me and I'm going to sell all this. And then I got to the market and they're like, sorry, sir, only the policy here is one barrel <laughs> per vendor. And I was like, what? And so that just felt frustrating. And then um, the uh, firing off actions would also fire. And it just always felt that whatever I fired off, I did get a benefit. But partially because I was later to the game on marking out territory. But also in some spots, just how they were designed, it felt like everyone there, even if it was only one other person, had a higher windfall than I did. So anyway, Mike's my, my point is, is that at least from me, and this, it, it, I definitely say that this is the strategy that I pursued through the lens of, like I was saying, other games that I felt I had expectations in that sense for this game, uh, just felt stymied constantly. So that was my experience with it. Anyway, my point is is that I I was thinking about this, and I want to propose a, a segment that we should do. So right now we both have two games that I think one of us really likes, and the other one is just not so hot. And mine's Jamaica, and yours no. is Ragusa. Uh, and by... My, I feel like my Ragusa experience was similar to Bill's Jamaica experience from like, I think from turn one, you were just like, I do not like this. I think you had a, a like the a rough first turn and then the rest of the game, it did not turn around from you and got, <laughs> got no, worse that, or your vantage
1: point. That game stinks.
0: So here's what I would like to do because I would like to, I would like to have a segment where we, uh, try to, to, it's called, uh, let's see what did I name it when I come up with the name. Um, oh, come on, I can't remember what I called it. Anyway, the premise is that we try to con- we try to convince each other of the validity of this game, and here's what we do: okay. we do another replay of the game, okay. and we the uh, the negative opinion has to come in. We try to come in with an open mind, full experience. We just put all the past <laughs> slights of the game against us away. We try to come in with an open mind. We play it as the game. Whoever the the game proposer is, they get to choose like player count, etc. How to approach this game. Okay, and we play the game. And then we come back here, and then we discuss the game. And the person who feels this game is a valid game gets to present their case for the game, and we talk out um, the we talk about the game and try to. You're not convincing the person that this is your new favorite game, right? But you're convincing your person, the person at least, that this is a not garbage, I guess, but also there's some valid quality to this game. I thought that'd be really interesting because once, I like I said before, I kind of felt my frustration with this game was that I came in with a different expectation than what Ragusa was. Right. It looks like this is one, another thing to mention too, is this game is over in 10 turns for the player count that we had. So you have 10 turns to do what you're going to do. So it sort of felt like there's this ticking clock um, as well that I was very conscious of and trying to maybe do more than I thought I, or than I could do on a turn.
1: Yeah, you know what I mean? Every like, time you take a turn, that's a tenth. That's of a your tenth total of your total gameplay. Yeah. yeah. And
0: so, and so, I think I was expecting. I, I definitely wasn't wasn't what I expected. And I think that's part of my frustration. And the and the structures in the game were not what I expected. That doesn't make it bad. And so I feel like I do want to replay this with fresh eyes as like the focus. Okay. And.
1: I will play Jamaica again with Fresh Eyes. <laughs> All right.
0: So I uh, thought that'd be fun. I actually thought that'd be fun yeah. to do. And if we like it and turns out, well, we could try to convince other people <laughs> that games are good. Shelly, like we were talking the other day, Shelly really cannot stand deception in Hong Kong. And what? I don't understand why. And so I thought that'd be a good one we could do next. I've never met anybody I who know, did, right? like, deception. I know, right? Yeah, she just does not, she's not interested in it. She's like, oh, I don't like that game. So that's huh. another one we could do. Um, but uh, I thought it'd be a fun second to try to, like, yeah, definitely. you know, even playing field, no prejudices as much as possible. And then. And then we can like uh, discuss the validity of certain yeah. items of the game. So, okay, um, we don't have to do Ragusa first. We can do Jamaica yeah. first, but either one.
1: Real, real quickly for um for uh, to understand what Ragusa is, it's uh, yes, oh yeah. It like you said, it's uh w- w- with our four player count. There's ten houses that each person has, and each turn, all you do is you place a house. That's your entire turn. Yep. That's what you do. Think tan
0: house-like thing yes. on a hex.
1: Um, so in that regard, it moves very quickly. Um, what what happens is, and the, the unique take on this, because it's basically worker placement, uh, especially in the city. So what this uh, what happens is you place on a hex, and anyone else who was built around that hex gets to fire off the special power, the worker placement piece on that hex every single time so if i have two houses on there and kaz places a house on there he gets that power and then i get it twice right and then if aaron places on that hex then aaron gets it kaz gets it and i get it twice and so so every single time anybody places on there it fires everybody off so you really have to be careful that the benefit you're getting doesn't benefit someone else too much. Right. Uh so so but fortunately there are a ton of hexes, uh I say a ton, maybe it was like nine, uh nine or ten hexes on there that all do very valid things. And I think that the with repeated play, I think the fun comes in exploring an avenue that somebody else isn't. That you can kind of get a, a foothold on fish. Right. And you keep building on the fish place, and all of a sudden, every time you build on there, you're firing off because you've got 12 fish now. Uh, all of a sudden, you're busting out six points every single turn for every house you have. Mm-hmm. So, you're just running away with the fish strategy. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas nobody else, everyone else may look and say, oh, well, if I go on the fish, he's got three houses on there already. I'm going to trigger him off three times. Right. There's no way I'm doing that. So, so I think part of the The fun and strategy there is finding the things, letting other people battle out say the silversmith or battle yeah. out for the walls and you find that backdoor strategy that, uh, and, and that's what is so interesting about this game to me. And I just, I really think it's fascinating. And I, I was so excited to have everybody play this. <laughs> I was literally giddy for this. And, um, that's how I was about Jamaica. I was so excited for was, you to play Jamaica. It was I like, was like, Bill is going to so, love this. Oh, so and it just felt so defeated. Yeah. No, oh, so we should, I'm excited.
0: We should definitely play it again. I really want to do this. I'd be exciting to, cause I'm also excited to the, whoever the naysayer is to for them after a fresh replay to re-examine what they found styming or in the way of their mm-hmm. enjoyment cuz cuz like you know it's just there's some games you just not going to like for whatever yeah. reason your preferences or whatever but um it's but cuz I, I like i literally don't understand you're just like of Jamaica. Like, seriously, I don't understand it. And I'm sure I kind of felt like you're, you feel the same way about Ragusa. Like, I it's do, like you're this, really surprised I would, I really like it. thought that these, and,
1: these choices would be ones that you would absolutely be in love with. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, and I, I totally understand that because there's games similar to this I really, really love. And I just pictured
1: example. us sitting here and going, you know, <laughs> toasting back a black beer. Yeah. <laughs> Being like, how about Crowning this choice? A new game. Yes. That's one of my favorite choices. <laughs> what about this other choice? Yes. It's wonderful. But it pales to this choice, which is so <laughs> Fair right. point, but this is yes. still the best game ever, right? Of, yeah, course, of course it is. It is. Um, and I'm not saying this is the best game ever. I uh, yeah, I wouldn't say the budget make either. But. I I wouldn't. I'm not sure I'd even put this in my top fifty. But uh, I I really enjoy have enjoyed what I have played of it, and and I I it kind of ticks all the Euro boxes for me. Uh, I'm not the hugest Euro playing guy. I like to play Euro games, and I've played plenty of them. Um, they're not like the game I go after. Yeah. Um, but I, I really, gosh. Well, and that's what's so
0: funny. We're pretty, we're aligned in a lot of ways, but we we diverge in these funny points and like severely diverge yeah. <laughs> in these funny points of like game choice. Like, because I'm the same way. I really love euros to a point, but there's you're gonna a have to convince me on, this to them.
1: on one night at Werewolf too. Oh, okay, we could do that because one too. Yeah. I. I just I don't understand. <laughs> I don't even think that's a real game. I really yeah. don't think I'll it's take a the game. challenge. Yes. Um, um,
0: all right. Well, let's get into our list. We're, uh, yes, we're gonna, we, got, we do have a quick list for you guys today. We're gonna
1: blast through this list. Uh, we have uh, it's a top ten for each of us, but we have talked about almost all of these games in so much in depth. Yeah. We don't we need that, to tell you about, about them too much. Really need to describe anything on these except for why they're on our list. Uh, so the list we have put together uh, is basically. And if for some reason all of our games were lost, burned, disappeared—imagine yeah, the disappeared, worst! Imagine every gamer's nightmare. Yes, yeah, so your whole game collection's gone. What are the first ten games that we would replace, and yeah. why?
0: How would you start your collection yeah. again?
1: these are these are the ten games I would start my col- restart my collection with.
0: And so I think we both chose like from our existing collection not new games we never own these are because that's collection. yeah (laughs) Yeah, exactly
1: (laughs) to say oh yeah i would rebuild my collection (laughs) with a game i don't own that's very insincere (laughs)
0: right probably something you try to do
1: but this is
0: (laughs) but this is more based on our collections if you're rebuilding from the games we already own individually where would you restart uh initially and so uh, this is a fun game this is like this is a fun list to make
1: yeah i enjoyed this one a lot all right you want to go first?
0: Uh, well, yeah, I'll just go first with my obvious one. I'm just Concordia's on there, of course, so right. I just threw it on there. It's my—I've come to realize. <clears> I think <throat> I'm just gonna say, like, start saying it. It is my favorite game. I keep mentioning it's like it's in my top three, but it, I can't think of two others that I like more than it. So that means it's my favorite, I guess. It's all so, three of my top three. <laughs> once again, there's not much more to say about this. The reason it's on my list is this: for me, it's this—it's the epitome of a satisfying Euro experience. It is a creamy, smooth gameplay with satisfying actions, and uh, I just love this game to. Death. So Concordia would be the first purchase probably for me.
1: Gotcha. My first purchase would probably be, um, it's a tie between two of these, but I'm going to go with Space Base. Okay. Um, It is, I have found this to be literally the ultimate uh, gateway game. This is a game that people who don't play games at all or who are like, oh, like Monopoly, (laughs) will sit down and learn and fall in love with. Right. Uh, it's been very successful with everybody, and I think that just having this game, uh, for me, is uh, a priority.
0: All right, nice. Um, next one from my list is going to be um, uh, Arkham Horror LCG. And the reason I like this, and uh, caveat with this one, this is um, the base game. I would probably try to pick up the base game and then at least one expansion or two. Um the reason I like this game, this is a game that I like to, I'll solo a lot. And this is my go-to story game. Uh, this was a tie between Seventh Continent. This one edged out Seventh Continent because it's just easier, easier to set up. And the, it's
1: probably easier to get too.
0: Yeah. a bunch. Well, that's true. A lot easier to get. Um, But it's also easier to engage with or to uh, set up and tear down. Like in Arkham Horror, you're basically doing scenarios, doing these missions, and you fail them or you don't fail or you succeed at them. And even if you succeed or fail, there's usually conditions, so it's not a full success or a full failure. So there's different ways to finish this round of a game. Seventh Continent um, is kind of like a punishing video game in that you can go through this, choose your own adventure, and then you can get to a point where you just have to start over. And that can be frustrating Um, I like it for what it is, but I like Arkham Horror LCG just because it has this really rich story experience that you can come at from a few different directions and you can also play with other people. But this is my primary soloing, um, uh, story driven game.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Um, so I'm sticking with, uh, my, I have a group of, uh, light slash gateway games. Um, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Century Spice Route. This one has been very successful, just like Space Base, in introducing people who don't play games, and really getting people who uh, who've played some games, maybe are in that uh, Splendor category, you know, uh, looking for something that weight or maybe a step up. Uh, Century Spice Road is fairly easy to understand, easy to grasp, uh, has good choices, and has always gone over. I haven't. Played this with anyone, and I keep saying this with these games, especially. I haven't played this with anyone who didn't enjoy it. Yeah, so, that's Century Spice Road. Yeah, that's a great one. Um, all
0: right, my next one is going to be um, uh, the Bill's future favorite game, Jamaica. <laughs> if I have my way, uh, I just like Jamaica. I've I've talked about this a lot. I think Jamaica. The why Jamaica's on my list is this is kind of my um, intro ish plus game that I like to throw to people. I think it's. I, I think it really does a great job of balancing of and uh, be a fun, light racing game that does a few things that I like, uh, has a take on racing that I like. I've seen it in other games, but the fact that the first person to finish the race isn't necessarily the winner. <clears throat> there are options within the race to um, augment your abilities. Um, and then the fact that it does feel on point with theme because of the pirates, it is all about <laughs> earning that gold. And I like the humor in this game as well. And I think it's uh, it's an easily accessible game. So this is one I bring out a lot. The other benefit of it is it plays a large amount of people for uh, what you'd expect. It plays uh, six. And so um, I like it. I, I, I most of the time play it um, with five or six people. So I usually play with full complement. And so it's uh, I like having a game with that
1: possibility. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Um. No comment. Uh, (laughs) So I will continue with my trend of uh, lighter slash gateway games with the all-time classic Ticket to Ride. Uh, I and still to this day, if somebody's like, you want to play Ticket to Ride? Yep, sure do. Uh, I'm not great at it. Uh, I win some of the time, but uh, <laughs> but it's just one of those those games that you just fits with everybody. Yeah, and it's a good game to have on hand. It's a good game to put in your collection. Somebody comes over and it's like, oh, I really like life. Okay, well you know what? Let's uh, let's just give this a shot and yeah. see what you think. Yeah. So uh, that's my ticket to ride.
0: Yeah, that's a great one. That almost been my list. Um, all right, my next one is uh, another kind of entry game, and that's King of Tokyo. The caveat with this one is it has the power-up expansion. So King of Tokyo Tokyo as a base game is, is great, and it's it's um, one of the earlier games that I bought when I was getting back into board games. I like this game a lot, but the one thing that I can can be difficult, especially for new gamers, is that there is player elimination in this game. And I've had an experience where I've entered this game to people. They've enjoyed it, but in your first playthrough, it's hard to get an exact sense of how to stay in the game. It's a little bit of push your luck here um, with your life and health points. And so I've had people be knocked out and be a little disappointed like, oh, I see what I did wrong there. And now I've got to watch the rest of the game fi- finalize. And then we probably will play something else because it's it's a short game, but it's long enough that you're probably not going to play it twice in a row. Right. You're probably going to jump to something else. And so the power-up expansion allows you to have a little bit more clarity on what your characters can do To affect other people It gives you a little more uh, Some op- Those powers give you a little more options And fun to uh, just not be I'm going to jump to Tokyo And try to withstand for a while And I'm out And now I'm going to jump back in And I'm out And so uh, the core game Has all these power cards you can buy But you can go through the whole game Without buying one You don't have to buy one And so the power-ups Just sort of put that in your mind And, and throw that option in front of you And I think it is a is a Not a necessary expansion But I don't I don't want to play without it I guess at this point
1: Fair enough. Okay. Um, my next one is, uh, it's still a lighter game. Uh, and that is Splendor. I've played Splendor many, 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 many times. I still like Splendor, even though it's cool not to like Splendor. <laughs> it is um, becoming cool not to like Splendor, yes. for sure. Uh, I It is incredibly easy to teach. I keep saying that, but I love games that are easy to teach. <laughs> Um, It is very accessible, it's easy to get to the table, Uh, doesn't take that long, and uh, I just I really enjoy it. It's got the box of expansions that I've dabbled in a little bit, but honestly, base game Splendor is tough to beat, and that would definitely make it into my rebuilt collection sooner rather than later.
0: All right. Uh, My next one is uh, Bang the Dice Game. I think, um, you know, I was going back and forth on like what big group game I would bring in and I almost did deception but I just feel like I can get bang did you <laughs> okay I can get bang to the table a little easier and um and that's pretty much it to be honest I that, I I like all of those games A lot but I just feel bang for some reason maybe it's just the rolling of the dice that's that's fun and satisfying is uh was my choice so that's my choice for my big party or party game
1: that actually uh that was my dilemma for my my party-ish game was uh deception murder in Hong Kong or bang the dice game and I went the other way and chose deception murder in Hong Kong this is uh a super fun game with up to 12 people which is tough to beat i mean i i there are not a lot of games yeah. that can play yeah. that kind of player count and um it goes over really well with people who've never laid eyes on a board game and people who are hardcore euro game players they all everybody enjoys this there's a lot of interaction there's a lot of discussion there's a lot of finger pointing there's a lot of just it's it's always gone over real well It's not a complicated game. It's uh, just, but this is my choice for the big group game that's Deception Murder in Hong Kong. All right.
0: Um, My next choice is uh, this is another one, tough one, too. I wanted a game. Like, I was also kind of thinking of this as like Desert Island games as well. I don't know why, because it's not like (laughs) I couldn't add to this collection. But um, so this game is Pillars of the Earth. And I put Pillars of the Earth on here because this game has some unique gameplay elements that I haven't quite experienced in other games. And so it's got a distinct feel to it. And I really like it. I haven't even played this game that much. I've just only started to get this game off my shelf, but I really enjoy it. The uh, The turn order system, the um, resource collection system is just very satisfying to me. And for whatever reason, I just think about this game all the time and I wanna, I wanna go back to it. So. I feel that's reason enough to throw it on my rebuilding list. And so Pillars of the Earth is my next game.
1: That is a great game. Um, I thought about a uh, getting a pure worker placement game on here, but uh, just given the limited yeah. amount here, I sort of didn't go with uh, any one of them. Um, my next game is uh, a... Light to medium weight game, I'd say it's not necessarily a gateway game, but it's a step up, uh, and that has always gone over real well. I've talked about it a ton of times, and that's stockpile. Stockpile, oh, forgot about stockpile. Easy to get to the table. It's easy to explain. It's uh, people get into it. It's a concept that people are familiar with, and it's uh, I don't know. It's just uh, a lot of fun. We've never I've never gone wrong with it. So, yeah, and that is uh, that stockpile. Oh,
0: I think that would have made my. I actually did buy stockpile, but it is not in my possession, so I think I couldn't legally have put it on my list. <laughs> yep, <laughs> it is right. being shipped to me as we speak, or soon, hopefully. Um, but yeah, that probably would have made my list too. I really enjoyed that game. It's that was, a great. That's one. a great game. um All right, my next one in is um this is one that I struggled with as well because I it's Forbidden Desert, and <laughs> I've waxed and waned on Forbidden Desert. For various reasons. Like um, I almost edged out with Pandemic or other cooperative games. And it made my list be- for a couple reasons. One, I actually find this game really fun to solo. Like I if I'm having trouble sleeping at night and I, I'll just get up and I'll go to the table and I'll play a, a quick game of this. And it'll take like 20 minutes and I'll, you know, try to challenge myself in certain ways with it. There's a lot of options to challenge yourself with this game. And I find it really satisfying. I also think it's a good intro to co-op gaming and what makes it for me as opposed to other games is the uh the sandstorm i love the function of the sandstorm in this game and that constant threat of that getting running away with with uh, well, the sandstorm running away and loading sand on this uh, desert i i don't know why that i always get a kick out of that it always feels fun and exciting to me and there, I'm. There are better co-op games than this for sure. But I always like to revisit Forbidden Desert. It's not a game I want to play all the time, but when I do revisit it, I just I love it. I love this game. So that's one that I just would feel would be missing from my collection uh, if I didn't have it.
1: That that is a that is a good one. That's um, I always call that one Pandemic Light. Yeah, because it was made by Matt Leacock, so it's not even like it's <laughs> di- like disparaging or anything. Um, I I found that the the times that i've played it not by myself obviously but the times that i've played it there's been one person who's really alpha games and it's kind of turned me off a little bit uh as far as that goes but that's hard we've talked about that that's hard to get away from in a co-op game but uh but yeah that's a that's a solid pick
0: yeah i wouldn't disagree with you i think it definitely like kind of like early pandemic can as well it does lend itself to that there's a but um once again i think it's the sandstorm structure that just makes it for me it's such a clever function in the game. But all right, that's uh, Forbidden Desert.
1: Okay. Um my next one is my choice for two player game and it was a tie between this one and Hanami Koji, but I went ahead and went with this one instead, and that's Fox in the Forest. So we've really been enjoying this a lot with uh with Kirsten and with Larry and obviously with you. Um and this is just a trick taking game where some of the cards have powers uh, it's a two-player trick-taking game, which in and of itself is super unique. And uh, I just find that every time I play it, I just I want to play it again. And that is the mark of an awesome game. It's uh, anyone who's ever played any trick-taking game. You can sit down in two minutes and explain how to play this game. Yeah. So uh, that's my choice for a two-player game.
0: That's funny. Last time we mm-hmm. talked, you were I, I, think, I weren't you on the fence a little bit? Like you are still like I know you like the game. You're like oh yeah. What were you saying? I'm trying to remember what you said.
1: Larry doesn't. Well, Larry says it's the, his favorite and least favorite trick-taking game. Yeah, <laughs> I I haven't been on the fence about it. I oh, really okay, I thought it, you were, but, but no, Larry. Larry's really he's struggling with whether he loves it or hates it.
0: Yeah, this is a great one. I I I really enjoyed this game too. It is it is a great game. Um, All right, my next one is uh, one that I uh, actually haven't gotten the table in a while, but I have talked about before, and that is Kemet. Kemet is just my... Oh, man, if I just want to go to battle with somebody or a group of people, Kemet is the game for me, and it's so satisfying. The one downside of Kemet is that the player actions that you can choose from are... There's a lot of them, and uh, that can be a bit overwhelming in choice, but I think... What offsets that is whatever direction you go, you're going to have fun building these strengths of your army. And that always is uh, an exciting, that adds to the replay value because there are so many options. But um, Kemet's on there because I just want to, sometimes just want to have a battle <laughs> and I don't want to think too, too hard about it. I just want to throw my guys at people and have them throw them at me and then see how the dust falls. So mm. Kemet is great at that. There's more to it than that, but that's what I it for.
1: Fair enough. Well, I will go with uh, my next one is my heavier Euro type option. It's by far the heaviest game on my whole list, but it is my favorite game in the whole world, and so I could not complete a collection without Orleans. <laughs> I know. i was surprised you hadn't mentioned it. Was um, I was, I was sort worried. of sort of saving it up, but yes, that would probably be my very first purchase if we're being honest. Uh, I I love it. I've talked about it a million times, uh, so you all know what I love about it. It's a bag builder. Um, it is. It's it's fairly easy to explain and get into uh, if you're talking to Euro game players. Uh, this I would never play this with somebody who is not a gamer, but I want a game in my collection that I can pull out with you know a group of gamers is coming over. Yeah, um, uh, let's let's play. So that's my favorite, and that would be my my heavier Euro game. <laughs> Sounds kind of threatening. A group of gamers is coming over. What? <laughs> I'll I'll distract them with early on. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs>
0: ah, works every time. Um, my next one is my um uh, is Aeon's End, and I put Aeon's End in here because Aeon's End does. I think Aeon's End is one of the best co-op experiences that I have had. It does co-op in a way that I find extremely satisfying, and I think it does it really well. So it gets rid of the possibility of a lot of quarterbacking that potentially happened, but one of the best things that I like about it is how exciting it feels. Because of the the variable turn order each round, you never really can plan on um, what's exactly going to happen. And so it's this fun concept of, the monsters of the opponents really do feel alive. They really feel like they are trying to take advantage of a weakness you might have or a uh, or a, I don't know just something you may not have noticed or just their their timing. it, it just the, the timing structure of this game makes it for me and is so fun to engage with. So as a co-op experience it, it's great and that specifically puts it over the edge for me and I um, I would once again feel like this was missing if it wasn't in my collection.
1: All right, fair enough. Uh, that's a good one. Um, my next one is a card game that plays, I believe, either five or six, um, and is really easy to pull out, really easy to get to the table, very fast, and that's Sushi Go. Oh, nice. Um, you could substitute party here because Sushi Go is in Sushi Go Party. <laughs> I'm a traditionalist, I really just enjoy. Kind of the mindless fun of regular sushi go. Yeah. Um, I would also you could you could potentially put sushi roll in this right, mix yeah. because it's a very very similar uh, game, uh, very similar experience. So uh, that is, um, I can't imagine having a game collection and not having that on hand. Yeah. If somebody comes over, so uh, again, great for people who are not traditionally gamers, but gamers love it too. Yeah. That's, that's, a, great, sushi that's go. a great One.
0: All right. So my last one is my semi-unrealistic reacquisition. Um, that is Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> I don't know if I could probably afford this game <laughs> anymore. Um, it is very expensive to get this game. Yeah, And uh, I would really, I really would want it. I it's don't a great know, game, it, though. It is so good. This is... I put this on the list, though, because... I have had some of the most enjoyable and epic game experiences with this game. And I've only played this like four times and the Battlestar just does trader mechan- mechanic or mechanism so well. It is such a slow burn tense game that I just, I, I rarely have this experience. So when I want to sit down with a group of friends and, you know, <laughs> lobby suspicions towards them and uh, uh, offset suspicions against me, or uh, but all at the same time, really have a great structure to just play in while you're kind of worried about everybody. This is the game. Battlestar takes spacefaring and sci fi, all these elements that I really love, and makes them makes them feel real like it makes them feel like there are stakes obviously there are stakes you're the last of humanity you're if you are destroyed you're gone the battle humanity's over and so um Last time we played it, I lost, and I still had so much fun playing this game. And the pitfalls that happen, the the miscommunications that happen that can happen, are still so fun to experience and laughable after the fact. They're hilarious to recount. It was great. <laughs> but anyway, this Battlestar is just one that I I would I would miss, and uh, every once in a while when I have an opportunity to play it, I would I would be sad that I couldn't. So. Yeah.
1: Fair enough. Yeah, that would be a pricey would one too. I beg, to... buy, or steal that back. Yes. However, I could get it. Um, my last one is uh, another light card game, and it is possibly one of uh, possibly my favorite of the light card games, and that is Parade. Uh, yeah, I have gotten so many great, fun plays of Parade. It's it. Uh, you just pull it out explain in two minutes and people get it especially after like half a gameplay or so and it just gets played again and again and again and again and uh you know you're you're you've got a good one on your hands when you just keep playing uh, and people aren't like oh do you have anything else yeah (laughs) um in fact we've we've played this a ton of times Uh, a friend of mine julie just got it uh who's Getting into gaming, she's been. She and her husband have come to game night a couple of times. Oh yeah, so okay. they played like Spice Road and um and Stockpile, and she just got uh, this game, and she played it at home with her husband, and they really both enjoyed it. Uh, they'd never played it with us before, so um, even somebody who's relatively new to the hobby can pick it up and have a great time with it. And so uh, I can't imagine not having it on hand. Yeah, Dumb.
0: that's that's that is a really good yep. one. I need to replace my copy of Parade, which I gave away. <laughs>
1: that's Parade. You should never give away Parade. Oh, that's what
0: Parade's all about. That's the uh, that's what Parade's about. Spreading the love of Parade. I feel like we're probably responsible for selling more copies of Parade. Oh, right? We we probably are. <laughs> this one we should get some sponsorship deals Right? Um, no, that's a great one. Great one to end on. Um, right? That's it. Right? Did
1: I? Uh, yeah, no, told you we'd make that yeah, fast. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's it.
1: <laughs> we got in twenty games in the we, time it took us to yeah. talk about Ragusa <laughs>
0: on the hour, even. Yeah, I'm glad we did that. I'm glad we broke down Ragusa. So anyway, joke. guys, that is our list. Um, let us know what you guys uh, would throw in. I'm really curious because I think this was a fun list to make, and and um, I think I, I stand by it. I think these are the games that I would really, really miss. I, I like I I very I think both of us obviously you choose games that you think you're going to like and play and there's a lot of more games on both of our lists that we would miss and would really want to play but i think i stand by my list for sure and i think that these are the games that i would miss and want to want to replace right away because i'd want to get them played consistently i play them consistently or just i'd want the option to be able to play them um consistently so oh,
1: great yeah my number 11 would be dead man's cabal because i love that game so much <laughs> coming up hot dead man's cabal <laughs> Um,
0: but uh, yeah let us know your thoughts let us know what games you couldn't live without or what you would have to repurchase immediately if you're if the worst came to worst and uh, the a fire or perhaps uh, you have that what is that everyone says that they're buying games for the value of them in the future that they'll never sell
1: <laughs> right right or if the aliens come down and just right. wipe out your collection and you're like well what do I do now yeah go with this list there you go or tell us what yours is yeah yeah
0: All right. Well, to let us know that, you can reach out to us in several different ways. Uh, You can reach out to us on Instagram and Twitter at Roasted Games One. You can also go to uh, Roasted Games Co. at at gmail.com. There we go. And uh, roasted.games for our website. Uh, Where else can we send people? We can send people to Just
1: search for Roasted Games on Facebook and like our Facebook page. And yeah, that's uh, and eavesdrop.com. Look for our feedback page there if you wanted to uh, put in some feedback there. We read everything uh, always. So yeah. still, still no letters, but you know. We'll, we'll <laughs> we're figure waiting, it out. guys. Yeah. One
0: of these days. Go check get, the maybe that, it's just a time thing. It's probably from like Europe we're getting. It's it's going to barge right yeah, now. making it's way across the Atlantic. Um, all right, guys. Well, until next time, thank you for listening and uh, we will see you guys on the next episode.
1: Bye.